Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? I don't know about you. I love to be in the house of the Lord on Sunday to come and worship the Lord together with brothers and sisters. The highlight of the week is to come to church. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. It's a joy to be in the presence of God. Amen. Hallelujah. People ask me all the time, how come you don't look tired? How come you look so energetic? Actually, I went home last night after I went to the emergency room at 3. I mean, I think I went to bed at 3.30 a.m. and woke up again at 6. And I'm still energetic. I didn't lose any energy. I believe that because of the presence of the Lord. Amen. I welcome the presence of the Lord and He gives us strength. Amen. It's wonderful to be in the presence of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for your love and your mercy. We ask your Holy Spirit to be our teacher today. Protect and guide those who are out of town today due to the long weekend, Father. We pray, Lord, that you will protect them back safely. But at the same time, Father, those who are in town here, we pray that this weekend, this Sunday, will be a blessing time. It will be the time of encouragement, rejuvenation, the time of hearing from you, changing and transforming into Christ-likeness, Father. We thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Are you ready for the word of God? We talk about independence in America. Actually, it's about freedom. And one word that we sang a while ago is God bless America. We talk about blessing. Actually, if you get the blessing from God, everything else will come. Amen? The blessing of God comes as a package. Physical blessing, financial blessing, spiritual blessing, emotional blessing, anything. The blessing of the family. God wants to bless us. The blessing comes through Jesus Christ by His blood. He died on the cross. Let me read this scripture to you. Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. God was talking to Abraham. And you can change the name from Abraham into your name too. I will bless those who bless you. You mean Abraham. I will bless those who bless Dr. Lau. And I will curse him who curses you. I put my name in Dr. Lau. And in Dr. Lau or in Abraham, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. It's God's purpose for all of us to be set free from curses and receive the blessing from God. God always is looking for a man or a woman that will be the starting point of the blessing in that generation and in that family or in that city. America will be blessed if we have a lot of people who are blessed. Think about it. How can the land be blessed if most people in America are cursed by the cursing of the enemy? If we want the land to be blessed, you and I need to be blessed so that we can bless the nation. So we want to be Abraham in this generation, that God wants to bless us, starting from us, and then God will bless our wife or our spouse and our children and grandchildren and to the thousands of generations. And then that blessing will flow into our company, into our church, into our city. Because everywhere we walk, the blessing come along with us. When I join my medical practice, the blessing come there with me. So the whole practice is blessed. Because a man who is blessed is there in the office. Amen. When I step into the operating room, that room is blessed. The patient is blessed because the blessing flowing around in that operating room. God is looking for a person who is willing to be like Abraham, to start the blessing in society. And I pray that you will be that person like Abraham. I don't know about you. I make a decision to be blessed. I don't want to be cursed. I don't want to live in the cursing. Amen. 
I want to be a blessing, not to myself, not to only my wife and my kids, but to the nations. Amen. How did Abraham get the blessing from God? The Bible say by faith and obedience. Abraham had faith in God. We start the blessing by having faith in God, and faith in the Hebrew and Greek language include obedience. Faith is not just about yes, I believe he's good, but you take action, because if you really have faith, action will come. So faith and obedience come together. As Christians, we walk by faith and obedience, and after that, the blessing will come. Do you know that when you are blessed by God, no one can curse you. No matter what the devil tried to do to you, he cannot do to you. He cannot. Because you are blessed by God, He cannot touch you. The protection of God is around you. Amen. How many people want to be that kind of person? No matter what the devil tried to do, he cannot succeed, because the blessing of the Lord is upon your life. There is a story in the Bible: a prophet who was very greedy for money. He was hired by a king, a king of Moab, and the king of Moab paid him a lot of money. To curse Israelites, but every time he opened his mouth to curse the Israelite, the word come out blessing, and he said, "What's going on here? I open my mouth, gonna curse the Israelites, then the blessing word come out." The king of Moab was very mad and said, "What do you do? I pay you. You need to curse the children of Israel." And Moab say, "I'm sorry, I cannot curse those who are blessed by God." In the book of Numbers, chapter twenty-three, verse eight, how shall I curse whom God has not cursed, and how shall I denounce whom the Lord has not denounced? If you are blessed by God, no one can curse you. You need to understand that curses come by disobedience or sin. When you sin against God, you Open the door for the enemy or for the devil and demons to come and attack you. It's not that God wants to curse you, but His protection is lifted when you sin against God. So, in order to avoid the attack from the enemy, you need to walk by faith and in obedience 24/7. If you keep walking like that, the protection will be upon you, and God will pour out the blessing upon you. And this kind of subject need to be taught in the family. Our kids need to understand about the curse and the blessing, so that they will continue the blessing that you already started from for them in this generation. You remember the blessing will go into the thousand generations, but the kids need to maintain and keep going on to that next generation, their kids, their grandkids. We need to teach our kids about the curse and the blessing that they can be blessed by the Lord. Second Corinthians chapter four verse four, the Bible say, "Whose minds mean people's mind? The God of this age, the God small G, not capital G, not Jehovah, not Jesus, but this is talking about Satan. The God of this age has blinded who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them." The enemy or the devil blinded the eyes of people. They cannot see. They blind the mind of people. People cannot understand the truth and get set free from the curse. In order to help our kids and our friends and our loved ones in the church to be set free from the curse, is to shine the light of the Word of God. People need to get into the Word of God, and the Word of God will transform their mind. To see the truth, you remember the Bible say in Hosea chapter four verse six, "My people are destroyed due to the lack of knowledge." If I come to America and I don't know the law of American governments, I can be in trouble. I can be in jail if I don't do the right thing. For example, in the medical practice, we have a HIPAA law. HIPAA law means I cannot bring your medical issue to tell somebody else. Is your confidential information. So, if I bring your sickness to tell somebody else, I can be fired. 
my license can be taken away because of the lack of knowledge. I need to know the law of the country. The same thing. We need to know the law of God, so that we will not make mistake and get into trouble. We need to teach our children the law of the Lord. Amen. And I cannot read the Bible for you. You need to read the Bible yourself. I cannot listen to the CD for you. You need to listen to the CD yourself. You need to listen to the teaching yourself. You need to get into the Word and let your kids hear the Word of God to understand. Amen. The church need to be filled with the Word of God all the time. The Word of God need to be preached all the time. Need to be heard all the time, so that God's people will not be destroyed by because of the lack of knowledge. Look at how we can fight the enemy who will bring the curse to us in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. And they overcame. Everyone say overcome. They overcame him, mean the devil or Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. In order to stand firm for your blessing, in order to stand firm and shut the door for the cursing of the enemy to come into your life, the Bible say three things here. Number one, you need to believe in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to start by faith. I have faith that on the cross. There is a big, unreasonable exchange. He shed his blood on the cross, so that the curse will be upon him and get the blessing. There is an exchange on the cross. He was sick, so that I can be healed and live a divine health. By his blood, I am healed. Amen. On the cross, he was rejected, so that I can be accepted by the Father. I don't need to walk with my head down like this all the time and feel very unworthy, feel like inferior all the time. Amen. Some of you may have the feeling of rejection. People reject you. You don't need to feel that way anymore. It doesn't matter. Other people reject you. Your God accept you. He died on the cross. Uh, he got rejected by the Father in heaven on that minute on the cross, so that you can be accepted by God. On the cross, He died your death. So that you can live abundant life in eternal life. That's why we overcome the work of the enemy by believing in the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. We believe that that blood that was shed on the cross set you free from anything that you need in your life. The answer is at the cross of Calvary. Amen. The second thing you do in Revelation 12 verse 11 is not only believing in the cross, believing in the blood of Jesus Christ. But also the word of testimony. There are two kind of words of testimony. Number one, when God bless you, you have testimony to tell people how wonderful He is, how He protected you, how He gave you wonderful things in your life, how He healed your sickness. You give word of testimony. Not only that, you give the word of God. You declare the word of God from your mouth. Amen. When the economy went down, you say. God shall supply all of my need in Christ Jesus through His riches. Amen. You just declare. You just word the word of testimony come out from your mouth. Say, God promise me, I don't have to worry even in this economy. Amen. And the last thing, they did not love their life to the death. If you want to stay in the blessing, not only that, you need to have faith in the blood. Not only that, you need to speak the word of God and the word of testimony. Number three, you need to stand firm, and will not quit. Will not quit the church. Will not quit being a Christian. You need to just keep pressing in, keep standing on, keep being faithful. Amen. Amen. Like today, if I my legs are not hang in the hospital because of broken bone, I will be in the church. I will love God, even though I have to die for Him. I will serve him until I die. You know why God need our commitments to even death, because there's so many distraction on earth here, so many temptation come here and there. Oh, don't serve God too much. Just just miss church one Sunday. Go shopping. Oh, don't be too serious about God. And if you just give a little bit of compromise, and then you open a little bit more. And he will lure you. One Sunday you miss church. The next Sunday, that's okay. You have another 50 Sunday. Go party, party, 
You miss another one, and then what happens? You don't get the spiritual food. You start to get weak. The devil will not attack you when you are strong. He cannot attack you. He lures you to be weak. And once he's ready, when you see you miss church for five Sunday, he they say, "Bam!" He get rid of you. He put the curse on you. He start to tempt you to commit sin and adultery or whatever. And that's how people fall. It's not happen overnight. You need to stand firm. I promise God since I accepted Christ the first day, Pastor Da, remember, we became a new believer in 1981. And the first day, I told Pastor Da, from today on, we will not miss the church. Amen. We have even church at Waikiki Beach. When we went on vacation, we still worship God on Sunday, in our own own condominium because I'm a pastor. I can have service there. I can preach there. I don't need to go to another church. Amen. I have church in my condominium at Waikiki Beach. Amen. So we can have the church. <laughs> Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. We will stand firm. I will never, never compromise anything. If I can give life to God, if I can die for God, you think I will not miss church? No way. This is not big deal. If I can die for God, we're gonna stand firm. We're gonna serve God to the end. And if you can stay like that, faithful commitment is very hard for the devil to attack you. Amen. I'm gonna commit myself to love people. Commit myself to the church. Commit myself to the brother and sister, to my wife, my kids. Commitment. Everyone say faith. faith. The, word. the word. Commitment. Commitment. Look at what Jesus showed us something about your life of blessing. Mark chapter 11, 13 to 14. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he could find something on it. Mean find fruit on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. Now Jesus is going to do something to teach his disciple. In response, Jesus said to it, everyone say, say to it, speaking, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. It's interesting. Jesus spoke to fever. Jesus spoke to the tree. Jesus spoke to the wind. Jesus spoke to the demon. Jesus spoke to sickness. He spoke, okay? Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. Now look at verse 20 to 23. Now in the morning, as they passed by and they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots, and Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you curse has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For as surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, everyone say, says, to this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things he says, everyone say, he says, I say, okay, will be done. He will have whatever he says. Let's change the sentence. Talk with me. I believe that those things that I say will be done. I will have whatever I say. This is the way you fight the curse or the enemy to put the curse upon you. Sometimes the enemy may try to put sickness on you, try to bring financial trouble to you, try to bring curse back to you. What you need to do is to speak to that tree of curse. Speak to that tree that doesn't produce fruit. When people get sick, when people are poor, it's hard to serve God. Is that right? When family have problems, husband and wife fight all the time, it's hard to serve God. You become unfruitful because of the curse in the family, the curse in your finances, the curse in your physical body. When you are sick, it's hard to serve God. So God wants to have, the, your, uh, you, to have a blessing of good physical health, the blessing of finances, the blessing of good family, good kids, beautiful children, love God. He wants to bless every single area of your life. And one thing that you need to do is to learn how to speak. And this is what I practice every single day. When I wake up in the morning, I will say to myself and say to the air, I'm blessed. I'm not going to be sick. I curse sickness out of my life. Amen. 
I say it. When I start to have some symptom, I say, "Go away, sickness. I'm blessed. I am in divine health right now." Boom, gone. I speak to that mountain, the problem in my life. Amen. If you have debt, you say debt. You have to go. God gonna bless me financially. I'm gonna pay off my debt very soon, so that I don't have to be in debt anymore. I speak with Pastor Da all the time at home. Our kids gonna do well. Paul gonna be strong. He gonna serve God. Tanida and Joy gonna do well. They will have beautiful grandkids for us, and they did. Amen. We speak. We need to speak the blessing into our family. Speak the blessing to our kids, to our own self, to our own family, to our own city, our own ministry. We need to learn how to speak the blessing, and you will see supernatural life by speaking by faith. Jesus said, "If you have faith, you can do the same thing." And this is how I live for many, many years. I have all the story. I don't have time to tell you right now. I, all the time happen every single day. Something happen, I speak. Boom, I win. I have victory. I just speak. At that moment, I never curse myself. I never say speak negative to myself. Amen. I want to teach you something to protect yourself from being in a curse. The devil know that if he can destroy you, he will have a good time. He come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But sometimes he cannot attack you directly because you're so godly. You're so righteous and holy. You just live a good life and you love God. You serve God, but he would try to use another method, and one method is to get somebody that you love or somebody that you kind of respect or your close friend to hurt your feeling, to talk bad about you, to gossip about you. How many people face that situation? Maybe your own spouse, maybe your own kids talk bad about you. Or may your your own members talk bad about you, gossip about you, curse you, say nasty thing about you. How can we stop that curse? When people curse us, you will be loved by somebody, and somebody gonna hate you. That's normal part of life. Somebody gonna love you, somebody gonna hate you, and somebody gonna talk bad about you. This is the principle of how to prevent that curse from coming to you. Matthew five forty four. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. The enemy, the devil, gonna try to get somebody to get on your nerve. This happened to me all the time. Somebody get on my nerve, and I have a choice: get mad, bitter, talk bad about that person. God sent fire to burn that person. God. I think they need to learn some lesson from you. You have that temptation. How many people have that temptation sometimes? Like when people do something bad to you, say, "Ah!" Oh. But the Bible say, instead of cursing them back, bless them, pray and bless them. Every time the devil put into my memory about somebody that hurt my feeling, I right away, in the name of Jesus, bless his wife. Bless his kids. Bless his work. I right away. I I hit back by the blessing. I'm done to entertain that negative feeling. I just bless them in the name of Jesus. Just bless them. I mean, don't let the devil come and talk and entertain the negative thinking about that person, and you start to feel sour and feel bitter and start to complain about that person. No, bless them, Father, in the name of Jesus. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 16 verse 7, when a man's ways Please the Lord; He makes even His enemies to be at peace with Him. I learned one secret about walking life on this earth, on down here on earth. One day we're going to go to heaven, but on earth, one thing I learned the principle: you have you, and you have environment. You have people around you who love you and do good to you. You have situation in your life; everything around you, all bad things, good things around you. But if you can make a decision this way. No matter what happened in the horizontal level, I'm gonna make the person at the vertical level happy with me. Let me repeat one more time. If people come and say nasty thing to you, like "Oh, your clothes is bad today," they despise you. They say something against you. You need to 
Shut your eyes off from that person and say, I'm, "It's not between you and me. I'm going to look up to God, and no matter what you do, I will please the Lord." And when you please the Lord, which means no bitterness, no cursing word from your mouth, you don't retaliate, you don't fight back. You just keep loving people because you want to please the Lord. The Lord say, He will shut their mouth Himself. And he will even make them become your friend. I remember when I first came to America, I was so foreign. I spoke with thick accent, a lot of wrong English way to speak. And when I was walking at Harborview Hospital, all these American doctors looked at me because I was so foreign. I came from a poor country. So I remember the first day I walked into the operating room. In America, you put cloth on your shoes so that the dirty thing on your shoes will not get into the operating room. I didn't even know. I pulled my shoes off and I put that cover on my feet, bare feet, and I walk around. People look at me. He must come from some third world country. He did not know how to use the stuff here, and all the American doctors start to really give me a hard time. Why are you here? Get out of here. You are a foreign doctor. I have two choices: fight with them or bless them. I decided to please the Lord. Every time they walk by, they look at me like this. I smile. <laughs> they look at me from the top of my head to the bottom of my toes. Foreign doctor, I smile. At the end of my training at Harborview Hospital, they're all my friends. They love me. If you go back to Harborview now and ask, "Do you know Doctor Varun? Do you know Doctor Mum Varun?" They call me nickname. Oh, he's a great guy. They all love me. Why? Because I pleased the Lord, and the Lord made the enemy be my friend. That's the key. You need to please the Lord, and God wants to use you to stop the curse of strife and division on earth today. There is strife everywhere. Fighting, people gossiping, people gang up to talk bad to one another. So you need to stop that curse of strife and fighting and division by being a blessing to other people. Don't be a backbiter. Don't talk bad about people behind their back. Don't gossip. Don't say ugly thing and nasty thing about people. Amen. Always look for the chance to do nice thing. When people do bad to you, a few days ago. I call somebody who hurt my feeling and did some bad thing toward me. I call. Do you need food? We bring food to you. We need to do good to those who do bad things to us, so that we can live in the blessing all the time. Romans chapter 12, verses 22 to 21. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. People do evil to you; you do good back to them. Look at Job 31, verse 30. The Bible say, "Indeed, I have not allowed my mouth to sin by asking for a curse on his soul." Don't allow your mouth to be used by the devil or by your flesh. To say some bad things or curse people on other people's life. Always bless people. Have you ever wished this way? Wow, how old is he? Oh, I think he's quite old now. Maybe he will die soon, so that this issue will stop. Or have you ever thought this way in your mind? That person really gave me a hard time. He keep talking bad about me. Maybe he should get a cancer. Have you ever thought that way? Or maybe you think, God, that person really get on my nerve. Could you please send fire and burn that house? <laughs> I have to admit, sometimes I have that thought come in. Sometimes I get angry and say, <sighs> especially as a medical doctor, you know all the sickness and disease. You all know all kind of tumor and cancer. So you're thinking in your mind, maybe they deserve that kind of cancer. But then I had to repent right away and said, "No, I'm not going to think that way. I need to bless them. It's not going to come out from my mouth to curse people. You need to stop. You cannot stop the bird to 
poop on your head. But you can wipe it out and not let that poop come into your heart. Amen. The devil gonna put some wrong idea into your mind. He poop on you, so you have to wipe it out. Don't stay with it. Amen. Two days ago, I got poop on my car. Bird poops on the parking lot here, so I went to have a car wash. Amen. I don't let that poop come into my car. Praise God. Let me share with you a story of a family quickly, and then we close. Amen. I like to talk about a family, and this is a family that was faithful to God to the end, and that faithfulness really let the whole household, the whole descendant, to be blessed by the Lord. And I want to encourage all the dad and mom in this room. If you can do like Jehonadab, Jehonadab is a good story that we can learn from the Lord. This man is a father. He is a son of a man named Rechab. Rechab has a son named Jehonadab, and Jehonadab has many, many offspring, many generation, and all these children of Jehonadab were called Rechabite. The Rechabite. I read a couple of scripture and explain the story to you. It's not recorded in the Bible a lot, but I, I share with you. Second Kings chapter ten verse fifteen. Now when he departed from there, he mean Jehu. He met Jehonadab, the son of Rechab, coming to meet him, and he greeted him and said to him, "Is your heart right, as my heart is toward your heart?" And Jehonadab answered, "It is." Jehu said, "If it is, give me your hand." So he gave him his hand, and he took him up to him into the chariot. I will explain the story to you. Let's look at verse 23. Then Jehu and Jehonadab, the son of Rechab. You notice the Bible emphasized the son of Rechab because of, about Rechabai. Went into the temple of Baal and said to the worshippers of Baal, "Search and see that no servants of the Lord are here with you." Mean the servant of Jehovah, but only the worshippers of Baal. Let me explain the story to you. These are two scriptures that talk about Jehonadab. Jehonadab was a son of Rechab. His children were called Rechabite. And in that generation, the children of Jacob were split into two groups: the northern kingdom called Israel, and Samaria is a main city, and the south kingdom called Judah, or the Jews, Judah. Okay, the northern kingdom had bad king and wife named Ahab and Jezebel. Ahab and Jezebel worship the idols of Baal. They committed idolatry against God. They were very nasty king, very bad king, and eventually God was very upset with them, and prophesied to Elisha that they would die. This king Ahab and Jezebel would be killed, and not only them, the whole seventy kids, seventy sons would be killed, all gone, and not only that, all the servants in the house of Ahab and Jezebel all would be gone. God was so upset with his family, but they were very blood-type, you know, hungry people, very nasty king. So eventually, Ahab died, and then God wanted to stop the curse in Israel in the northern kingdom. So God picked up a man named Jehu. Jehu was among the commander of the army, and Jehu was anointed by one of the sons of the prophet. With oil, and God said, "From now on, you're gonna be you're gonna be the king of Israel. You go up to the northern kingdom and get rid of Jezebel and all the prophets of Baal." So Jehu was used by God to get rid of the wickedness in the city, in the country. Jehonadab and his children were living in the north part where Ahab and Jezebel were. They were leading the country. Jehonadab promised God three things. He was faithful to God. He said, "I and my kids are not going to get involved with this worship idol. We're going to be faithful to our God, Jehovah, from generation to generation to generation." So they promised God three things in order to avoid idolatry or worshiping idol. Number one, they promised God they will not drink wine. They, he, and his offspring will not drink wine. Two, they will not buy any land. 
but there will be nomads traveling from place to place in a tent, and they will have animals like goat and sheep. Uh, when Ahab and Jezebel, are you following me? I try to go slow. When Ahab and Jezebel sinned against God, these people left Samaria and said, "I don't want to get involved with this worship idol." Jehonadab protected his children and grandchildren from getting involved in Baal worshippers, and then Jehu came into the scene. Jehu, who was called by God to get rid of the bad queen, say, "Jehonadab, are you with me? Are you with Baal?" That's what happened when I read a while ago. Jehonadab said, "I am with you. I'm with Jehovah." He picked up into the chariot, into the chariot, and said, "Let's go." So they went to. The temple of Baal, and the first question they ask: Are there any priests of God? So, in other words, I don't want to kill good priests. They said, No, no, we all priests of Baal. They came in, look like a nice guy, very nice guy. But after they get all the priests or the prophet of Baal ready in the temple, that temple, everyone got. Jehu killed everybody in that temple. He is very, very <laughs> strong man, strong leadership. And then he went to Jezebel, and when Jezebel saw him come into the gate, Jezebel said, "What are you doing here? What what do you want?" Then he looked up in the window, and Enoch up there. He said, "Throw her down." Those people are afraid of Jehu now. Jehu was very powerful. Civil war. They pushed her down. She fell off the window, landed on the ground, and the dog came and ate her flesh, and only the skull. And the bone of the hand and feet left on the street, according to the prophecy of Elijah. They don't even have to do funeral ceremony. God really show us that when you sin against God, eventually you're gonna get into problem. Perish, she perish, she died. So Jehonadab was faithful to God, and he taught his children to keep these three things: don't drink wine, don't buy any land, and Don't do any bad things. Don't worship idols. And look at what happened in the book of Jeremiah, 35 verses 1 to 19. I read this and I make a conclusion. What I try to say is that, Dad, we need to be like Jehonadab. We need to be faithful to God. Stick with God. Keep your promise. If you're going to serve God, I tell you, I'm going to serve God until I die. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to be faithful because I want the blessing. To come into my wife and my kids and grandkids and great grandkids and to the thousand of generation. Look at what happened to Jehonadab and his children. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, saying, "Go to the house of Rechabites. Rechabites are the children and grandchildren of Jehonadab. Speak to them and bring them into the house of the Lord, into one of the chambers, and give them wine to drink." Then I took verse five. Then I set before the son of the house of Rechabite bowls full of wine and cups, and I said to them, "Drink wine." You need to understand this picture. The prophet Jeremiah was a man of God. He is well known that he is a man of God. He called in Rechabite into the temple, sat together in a nice place, and then he put cups and bowl of wine in front of every child of Rechabite, and said, "Drink." The man of God said, "Drink like your pastor come and say, 'Hey, Truman, I have a drink for you.' And the pastor give to you, 'Oh yes, we have social drink a little bit.' The pastor agree to drink. Yeah, I drink. That's what happened. The pastor come and give hand you drink, but they said we will drink no wine for Jonadab, which means Jehonadab." The son of Rechab, our father, commanded us, saying, "You shall drink no wine; you nor your sons forever. You shall not build a house, sow seed, plant a vineyard, nor have any of this. But all your days you shall dwell in tents, that you may live many days in the land where you are sojourners." Thus we have obeyed the voice of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father, in all that he charged us to drink no wine all our days. We, our wife, our son, and our daughters—wow! The whole family were faithful to God, nor to build ourselves houses to dwell in, nor do we have vineyard, field, or seed. 
but we have the well intents and have obeyed and done according to all the Jonadab our father commanded us. But it came to pass when Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up into the land that we said, "Come, let us go to Jerusalem for fear of the army of the Chaldean and for fear of the army of Syrians." So we dwell at Jerusalem. Then came to the word of the Lord to Jeremiah, saying, "Thus said the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel: Go and tell the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Will you not receive instruction to obey my words?" Say the Lord. The words of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, which he commanded his son not to drink wine, are performed. For to this day they drink none, and obey their father's commandment. But although I have spoken to you, rising early and speaking, you did not obey me. Let me make a conclusion here and read the last verse. What happened at that time? The children of Judah in the southern land rebelled against God and worship idols. And God used Jehonadab family, the Rechabite, to be example to them. Look at this family, the sons and the grandson and granddaughters of Jehonadab. They have been faithful to me to today. But your guy Judah, who should be the ancestor of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, you rebel against me. And then after that, God said, "You're gonna get cursed. You're gonna be wiped out. You're gonna be taken captive into Babylon." If I continue to read the scripture. And it happened. Assyria came into the northern country, wiped out the northern land to be captive. The south part, Judah, Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar came in, wiped out the whole land. They all became captive in the kingdom of Babylon because they rebelled against God. Curses, captive, being in trouble. But what happened? Nebuchadnezzar left the Rechabite alone. They did not take the Rechabite because they were faithful. The protection of God was upon generation to generation to generation, because the father and the kids and the grandkids and the great grandkids all faithful to God. Look at the conclusion at the end. This is what God say. Verse seventeen. And eighteen, nineteen. Therefore, thus say the Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel: Behold, I will bring on Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem all the doom that I have pronounced against them. This is in Deuteronomy twenty-eight. Talk about curse of disobedience, because I have spoken to them, but they have not heard, and I have called to them, but they have not answered. Judah rebelled against God, and Jeremiah said to the house of Rechabite. Thus say the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, because you have obey. Everyone say obey. obey. Everyone say faith, faith. and obey. obey. We need to have faith and we need to obey God, because you have obeyed the commandment of Jonadab your father and kept all of his precepts and done according to all that he commanded you. Therefore, thus say the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Jonadab the son of Rechab shall not. Let a man to stand before me forever. So today, Rechabite still living in Jericho. They still around, serving God, because God promised them that they are faithful to God. I want to encourage all of you to be that man like Abraham, to be that man like Jehonadab. That you're going to teach your children to be faithful to God, and it's so clear in the Bible: disobedience brings cursing, sickness, disease, tumor, problem. Obedience and faith brings blessing. I want to encourage all of you to obey the Lord and be faithful to the Lord. Commitment, faith. Proclaiming it, speak it, speak the word of God, Revelation 12. Have faith in the blood of Jesus. Speak the word of testimony, and lasting commitment like Jonadab and Abraham. You commit to God to death. Amen. As I mentioned to you, if people give me two million dollars, I will not stop moving in the fire of God. 
because I want to be faithful to the Holy Spirit rather than worrying what people think about me. I'm not here to please anybody. I'm here to teach you the truth. I'm here to please God. I'm not here to please anybody. I'm here to speak the truth because I fear God more than I'm here to please Him, not to please you. And if I'm pleased Him, you're going to be blessed because the head of the household here in this church, please God. And the whole thing, the whole household is going to be blessed. That's why we never have any cancer in this house for 20 years. No one in this house has died of cancer in this house for 20 years. I haven't performed any funeral ceremony for our own member in the past 20 years. We have performed funeral ceremony from people outside that come later on. Just come in because they're already sick, they're already dying. Why? Because we're going to stand like Jehonadab. We're going to stand with the word of God. We're going to stand faithful to God and have faith and obedience to what God say. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Wow, what a message on July 4th. You think you're going to come here about, oh, American war, fighting. i tell you one thing. If you don't like it, it's too bad. <laughs> this pastor is not directed by holidays. The holiday event. I'm going to preach only what God tells me to preach. I'm not going to be dictated by whatever around me because I want to obey the Holy Spirit. Amen? I need to teach what God wants me to teach. I'm going to preach the word of God. People read newspaper themselves. They watch TV. They can watch all those things. I mean, they don't come to church to learn about newspaper. They come to learn about God, not about newspaper. Why? Because you need to renew your mind with the word of God, not with newspaper. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Any one of you say, God, I want to be like Abraham. I want to be a person who brings blessing to my family, to my kids. I want to practice what I learned today. I want to have faith, obedience, proclaiming the word of God, and commitment like Jehonadab, even to death. I will not love my life more than God. And you can see, God will bless you a thousand generations. How many people want to do that? Raise your hand up. Raise your hand up. Say, God, I want the blessing. How many people want the blessing? Wave your hand. How many people want the curse? Raise your hand. I'm going to perform brain transplant if you want the curse. Okay, the Bible says, choose now life or death. Blessing or cursing is our choice. Don't blame the government. Don't blame your dad. Don't blame the church. Don't blame anybody. You make your own choice what you're going to have in the future. I choose life and I choose blessing. Amen? Let me ask one more time. How many people choose life? Raise your hand up. How many people choose blessing? Raise your hand up. Keep your hand up and pray with me. Father in heaven, I choose life. I choose blessing. I don't want death. I don't want cursing. I want your hand to touch my life. The blessing of the Lord. I want to put my faith in what Jesus did on the cross. By the power of the blood, I'm set free from all kinds of curse. And I'm blessed. And I will proclaim every day. I will say every day from my mouth. I'm a child of God. I am blessed. And I will make commitment. All the days of my life. Like Abraham. Jehonadab. Rechabite. I will follow you. To the end. Never give up. Never compromise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. We trust that this message is ministered to you. 
If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. To them all gathered in your name, I lift to you this new praise song. All the wrongs I have ever done have been washed away by your only son. Bring me a tired, you said. Bring me a weak. Bring me a hungry masses. We seek your Please, Lord, hear my song.